0: Hey, everybody, Casey Hendrickson here. You're listening to a segment from my radio show from 95.3 MNC. To get the daily show prep and other exclusive posts sent right to your email, go to my website, theburningtruth.us, and sign up for my free newsletter. Watch the live stream during the radio show every afternoon at 3 p.m. Eastern Time at trovo.live slash CaseyTheHost. Or subscribe for premium content at special.tv. Just search for my name. Enjoy this podcast. Podcast. I ran into just an article that was written. I thought it was interesting and I wanted to kind of read it. Um, It's from Splice Today and I've never heard of Splice Today, but it's written by a guy named Chris Beck and it says, when a hate crime isn't really a hate crime. Now, for those of you who have listened to this show for any length of time, for those of you who have listened to other shows for any length of time, you know that there is this thing known as fake hate. Now, fake hate is the, the preponderance of hate crimes in the United States. In other words, they get a lot of attention, they go viral, they're you know, the top story on every news channel, local, national, really doesn't matter, and the story is hot garbage, fake news. That's what it is. It is a made-up situation that some activist is trying to push a narrative, and they had to fabricate a hate crime, usually against themselves, in order to, to, to generate some attention. This is what happens when you have a culture where one upping each other to get more likes is the primary form of social currency. And so people just want, you know, being woke, right? Being woke is what gets you noticed. That's what gets you noticed. So you go ahead and you go out there and you try and make yourself a victim. I don't think that there has ever been another time in history in which being a victim was the thing that made you popular. But that's where we're at right now which is why you have everybody trying to outwoke themselves we call this the woke olympics they're trying to outwoke themselves they're trying to outwoke their friends their family their their book club members and all of that other stuff and it's it's purely an ego driven activity it has nothing to do with any actual data has nothing to do with any actual victims has nothing to do with wanting any actual change it is purely about getting noticed and getting people to praise you and pat you on the back. It we did this the other day and I, I somebody peed in my cornflakes last week, I'll just be honest with you. And I got angry at a bunch of different people. We talked about parents who use their kids as accessories. And I referenced the locally, I saw a guy had a bumper sticker. I'm like, I'm proud of my uh, gay adult son. It was like all you're doing is, look at me, I made a gay person. I'm more special than all of you. Congratulate me because I'm better than all of you. That's all it was. It wasn't, it wasn't a, anything that was in support of his son. He reduced his son to his sexuality, and then he used his son's sexuality to boast about his attachment to his son for attention. That's all it was. Now, there might even be some people out there, no, no, he's just trying, he's just trying to, you know, let everybody know that he loves his son. No, he's not. No, he's not. Nobody would have assumed he didn't love his son. That's the thing. It was purely a look at me, look at me, I'm better than all of you. That's all that was. And this is really what is behind these fake hate crimes, okay? So what they go out, and they, they pretend that a, a crime has happened against them. And 98, maybe 99% of the time, they're fake. They're manufactured. They're, they're Jussie Smollett situations, right? Well, the situation in Atlanta, okay? Uh, the guy who shot up these massage parlors, again, you know, 30% of his victims were white, okay? That never gets told. But he's clearly mentally unstable. There's an issue with him. He claims he has a sexual fetish, and he took action on these parlors because of that. All right. It's not racially motivated. He's not a racist. The authorities have said this. And so it's a very interesting column. I'm not going to read you the entire thing, but I do have an excerpt from it, but I will put it in the Daily Show prep. I really want you to, to check it out. I haven't yet been able to identify a anti-Asian hate crime committed by a Trump supporter. Now, yesterday, was it yesterday? Yesterday? I led off the show with three hate crimes that had just been committed against Asians, two in New York, one in Seattle. Very left-wing cities. All of them were committed by black men. Black men, overwhelmingly, it is not even remotely close, commit the hate crimes against Asians in the United States. Not even close. So, where's the... Where's the backlash? Where's the narrative? Where's the discussion of that? Where's the national conversation? Can't have it because we keep telling everybody that black people can't be racist. They're not allowed to be racist. Only whites are racist. (laughs) And when only whites are racist, nobody else can be racist. So you just pretend that racial hate crimes that are committed by other racial groups other than whites don't count. I haven't yet been able to identify a single anti-Asian hate crime committed by a Trump supporter. Despite the Democrats' insistence that Trump-loving racists are the main perpetrators, what I did find, uh, what I did discover however, was something the media refuses to report. Consistent with the US Bureau of Justice data that was compiled until 2018, Asians are now lumped into the other category, a suspicious decision that merits investigation. Black males are the main perpetrators of the uh, pandemic's anti-Asian hate crimes and there are videos supporting this claim that the media isn't going to show you. The media's problem is that under the current progressive definition of racism, blacks can't be racist because, as a group, they have no power. Since reporting that black males are committing race-based violence against another minority group runs counter to this narrative, the media finesses it by not mentioning the race of the assailant, if he's black this has been a problem for many years now i've talked about this before and i will continue to say it one of the reasons people ask me like man you're going to get canceled for all this stuff dude you got it. you got, it. You, got it. you can't you got it. here's the thing i don't care i really don't care i'm not from the midwest Okay, Midwest is predominantly white in most areas. There are obviously major metro areas where that is not the case. But predominantly the Midwest is white. Okay. I'm not from the Midwest. I moved here. Where I'm from, whites were targeted for hate crimes. Get it? That's something that doesn't get talked about. My wife was a victim of hate crimes. I was the victim of hate crimes. Everybody I know that was white, where I grew up, victims of hate crimes or some form of racism, okay? Because maybe it didn't evolve into violence, okay? Some form of discrimination, some form of racism because of the color of their skin. Now, in the Midwest, I've told you this before, I am perfectly willing to accept this for many of you out there who might not be white, who are listening to this, who grew up in an area of the Midwest that was predominantly white. I understand where you grew up, how you grew up, and how you're treated when you grew up. That's what frames your attitude towards everybody else. In the Midwest, it is entirely possible that a minority person grew up in a predominantly white area and caught some flack for not looking like everybody else. I think that is a fair assumption to make. And I've heard that from my black friends who have said, yeah, growing up here, sometimes that happened. Not a lot, but sometimes it happened. Now, there are obviously worse places in the country. There are some specific communities inside of states that are really bad. Okay, And I'm talking about uh, white racism towards others. But there are those places where that type of racism is against whites. Now where I grew up, whites were a third of the population. So where my wife grew up, she was known as the white girl at school. She was it. (laughs) She was it. So where I grew up on the east side of Las Vegas and where she grew up in Los Angeles in her neighborhood, very different experiences for us, which allows me to come out here and basically flip off everybody who says, nobody but whites are racist, because I don't care because I've experienced it. Now here's where, here's where different things happen. You have a choice, you have a choice to make. You can either say, because I was treated this way by a couple of people, everybody, even the ones who never treated me that way, must feel the same way, and therefore they're all bad. So anybody who looks like that, they're bad. Or you can be a flipping adult with an intellect above 13 and say, that person is a jack wagon, and I'm not going to blame everybody around them for their actions. So that's really what you have to decide. Now, most human beings, most, who don't have a family that is bigoted, perpetuating those stereotypes and that anger most people will be able to discern between an individual and a group of people and they will blame the individual and not an entire group of people most people but when you have a system in place with the news media with politicians with social media companies and tech giants and everything else everybody reinforcing one myth it becomes impossible for many people to break out of that and be able to differentiate between an individual act and the whole group, which is why now we have entire swaths of America looking at entire groups instead of just looking at the actions of an individual. More coming up, News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. You know, another thing that's kind of funny to me, and I realize that most people don't know this about some of these people, and as I mentioned, media is a pretty small community. You know, there's a lot of folks that you see um, would be like black commentators, things like that, that you see on your nightly news as pundits who talk about how oppressed they are and racism and everything. They all grew up in upper middle class neighborhoods, way more privileged than I ever was. (laughs) Maybe, perhaps if it's a white neighborhood, okay, maybe they caught some flack for it. Entirely possible. Uh, But that doesn't change. It doesn't change their privilege. And this is why I get so irritated about Snoop Dogg. So most of you know I'm from Vegas. Snoop Dogg's kid, first of all, Snoop Dogg's a multimillionaire, you all know that. Snoop Dogg's kid went to Bishop Gorman, his son, the football player. So he went to Bishop Gorman. Um, Bishop Gorman is a private religious school. It is not cheap, okay? Uh, They have a lot of money. And in fact, my school had to uh, merge with Bishop Gorman. Well, they merged with us because their school is undergoing some of the renovations years ago when we were in high school. So we would have Bishop Gorman kids coming to school with us on a regular basis. So we got to know them. Bishop Gorman kids, 98% of them are wealthy kids, okay? And when when I sit here and I watch a video where Snoop Dogg is like, everywhere else in the world treats, treats blacks better than they do in the United States. And I'm saying, you privileged pile of crap. It's, I realize that Snoop Dogg's got this, you know, this, this subculture that is tainting and funny and sometimes I even agree with him on some stuff, but you know, the reality of the situation is he is privileged. He may not have started off that way, but he is. And his kids, his kids are the epitome of privilege lebron's kids the epitome of privilege i don't know if he has kids i don't care but they're the epitome of privilege and you're complaining about it here you literally have wealth to go anywhere else in the world and if you and your family are not treated appropriately here then pack up and where you think that they will be here's the thing they know full well they will not be treated better anywhere else they know that so they don't leave. They don't choose to go to Canada. They don't choose to go to England because they know they will never have it better than they do here. But they can't say that because the trend, the culture, the marketing, the branding doesn't allow it. Doesn't allow it. Snoop Dogg's children were in the elite of Las Vegas society. Privileged beyond privilege doors open for them purely because of who they are. And when people like that complain about being oppressed really irks me because my kids will never have that. And it drives me bonkers. But here's the thing. You Midwest whiteies, oftentimes too scared to say that because you didn't grow up around a lot of people of color. It's not your fault. And don't think for a second that they don't know that and don't manipulate you because of that. They totally know that, 100%. You, you will find pretty quick, this is also one of, one of the sticking points too, and this is one of the reasons why in some parts of, of the Midwest, the Republican Party um, struggles to make end roads with minority communities is because a lot of you white folks grew up in the midwest only grew up in white neighborhoods and you don't really know how to behave around people of color and i got i got some advice for you okay this is sincerely just some advice right you ready very simple advice you can be yourself what what are you kidding yeah you can be yourself it's totally fine you can do that. Uh, it There isn't this divide that people think there is. It exists to a point, but it is not nearly as profound or expansive as the media wants you to believe. You should not in any way, shape, or form be afraid of going into a minority community. Now there are some neighborhoods that are bad. Okay. And those neighborhoods can be white, black, Hispanic, Asian. Okay. I'm not talking about those kind of neighborhoods. I'm just saying, if you're just going into a general area that happens to have a high proportion of a certain demographic, you don't necessarily need to be worried about going there just because you'll be afraid that you're the different one and they might target you most of the time, they're not going to target you. You'll be just fine. But and and the other the other way around too, the other way around, you know, there's a lot of people that I've met over the years. uh, This seems to be less of an issue now. Uh, Minorities who come from a predominantly minority part of town don't like going into the all white neighborhoods because they don't really know how they're going to be going to be viewed. They think that maybe they're going to be followed around and harassed and that sort of thing. That usually doesn't happen. So people got to get away from letting the news media feed you this crap. There's some prominent anchors on CNN and, and others, other places, oh, you know, as a black American, man, you grew up in an upper, well, actually, actually a lower upper class, not even an upper middle class, a lower upper class neighborhood and household and your parents were rich and they were prominent, well-respected figures of your community. Shut up about the whole, I'm, I'm black and I'm oppressed thing. You're not, you're an elitist. You're a part of the political class. That's who you are. But until we get people to understand that it's the political class versus you and me, and we get away from this whole, oh, that's the black side of town, that's the white side of town, that's the, the Asian side of town, that's the, the Latino side of town. Until we get away from that crap, they're going to continue to manipulate you. That's all there is to it. They're going to continue to manipulate you. You know, there's a reason that people were bust into some of these neighborhoods that got burned down by Black Lives Matter. Because the people in those neighborhoods didn't want their neighborhood destroyed. There's a reason that that happened. And you have, you have to remember that there are, because uh, I saw a lot of this too during the riots, excuse me, the peaceful protests with violence over the summer. Uh, there's a lot of folks and, and I'm, you know, like, this is their goal. Their goal is to get a lot of you who are white to go, well, if they're going to treat their own neighborhood this way, then why should I care? That's what they want you to say. They want you to say that. That is their goal. Because what that does is that gives them ammunition to make this self fulfilling prophecy of a racist country, which, of course, America is not racist. All of the data shows that we're one of the least racist places on earth. We're also the most diverse. So the few chances that we do have racism pop up in society, it's going to be more pronounced, more noticeable than it will be anywhere else. It's just reality. But if you are able, To put that crap aside and be willing. Ami Horowitz, you know, Ami Horowitz is, I assume he's Jewish, but he's white, okay? Ami Horowitz goes into Harlem and talks with him all the time. You know what? He's never jumped. Has Ami Horowitz, guys, has he ever been jumped doing one of his videos? I don't know that he has. They all talk with him freely, respectfully. (laughs) You don't have to worry about it. I'm telling you, you just don't. And a lot of times some of the best eating is is leaving your your pasty white neighborhood and going into some of those places because they got amazing food. Um, But, yeah, see, Alex says he's not been attacked. I don't think that I have ever seen Ami Horowitz attacked when he has gone into, um, you know, black communities and just had a conversation with them. The only people that I've seen get attacked going into black communities, um, and again, there are some neighborhoods you just don't go into, right? Those are no-go zones for, for people who are not of that race. And that exists for everybody, okay? Every group group has those, but, um, people who go in, there trying to prank people and they do pranks and stuff like that. So like a white kid's trying to grow up on a uh, blow up on YouTube, go going to black neighbor and trying to do a, a prank on black kids playing basketball or something like that. And they, they kick his butt. Well, he deserved it. Stop being stupid. You know, it's just, there is, this is the, uh, this I'm having the uncomfortable talk about race that nobody wants to have. They say nobody wants to have, but really what's happening is the activists, the minority race baiting activists, you don't want to have this conversation because they don't want you to know that everybody should view everybody as just people. So I saw this, um, well, I'm out of time here. I'm going to take this break. I'm going to come back. I'm going to tell you about a story that I saw and I think I posted it to Facebook yesterday. I'm not sure if I did, but I'm going to talk about this because this, it involves a student and a teacher and this blew up, uh, this week where a student had a conversation with a teacher And if I can find the audio, I'll play it for you. So, Joe, look for that. I'm going to send that over because this perfectly illustrates kind of what I'm trying to say. we got more coming up. 95.3 MNC. (laughs) Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3 Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. All right. So this is an encounter. This is a Virginia high school teacher. Doing an online class, berating a student. Now, what's happening here is he's got a picture of two girls. One is a ginger pasty white girl, and the other is a lighter mocha-toned black girl. And they're just standing back-to-back, and that's just the picture, okay? That just paints the picture of what's happening here. Joe, roll it. I'm this picture. Um, I'd rather hold on to that, just tell me, tell me what, what this seems to be a picture of. it's just two people chilling right just two people there's nothing more to this picture Nah, not really just two people chilling i don't believe that you believe that um i don't believe that you look at this as just two people um i don't think Truly you you is just two people though, though is it not yeah but i think you're being i think you're being um think you're being intentionally coy about what this is a picture of. <laughs> what are you being coy about? It's two people standing back to back in a picture. Yeah, and that's all you see is two people. I, I'm I'm confused on what you would like me to to speak on in that I sense. I don't think you are. I don't know why you do this. Um, I'm not trying to call you out, but you 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 know you come out off of mute to talk about what this is a picture of, and you act as if as if you know there's nothing. Noticeable about this, apart from the fact that two people. Well, I'm confused. Are you trying to get me to say that there are two different races in this picture? Yes, Is that so what you want you to me to say? That. Well, at the end of the day, wouldn't that just be feeding into the problem of looking at race instead of just acknowledging them as two normal people? No, it's not because you you can't not look at you can't like, you can't look at the people and not acknowledge that there are racial differences, right? But if we're going for, let's say if we're looking for equality within all this, then why would we need to point out things such as that? Because those things, those differences are real things. You can't, you can't. Okay. Now, there's a couple of things to this. So obviously good for this young man, this is a Virginia high school teacher and a student. Good on this young man. This is where I tell you, Generation Z, they're different. In a good way. Okay. Just like every other generation, they have their faults, but um, on this stuff, they're better than us. <laughs> All right, they are. Now, here's the thing. This photo, and I posted this on social media when when uh, this this story happened because on, on Facebook. Because here's the thing, I know this photo. I know who these girls are. These girls are twin sisters. Now. If you haven't seen this story, this story was, it's a six-year-old story. It happened in 2015, and it blew up everywhere that this ultra-white ginger and her mocha-colored black twin sister, people thought that it wasn't real. Dad's white, mom is mixed race. One sister, one twin came out really pasty white and redheaded. The other one came out as a black girl. Okay? So not only is the teacher morally and philosophically wrong, but beyond that, he's biologically wrong because they're actual biological twin sisters. They're not a different race. Their genetics are the same. But the teacher doesn't know that. The student is right on a moral scale. It's just two, just two people. What are you talking about? You're trying to get me to acknowledge that they're different races? And she's like, "Well, of course they're different races. You have to acknowledge those things." Now, again, we were raised not to see that color. We we're raised to see a human being. We all bleed red, right? That was the mantra that was always said. How many times you watched Geraldo in between, you know, beatings that he would take on stage? We all bleed red. We all bleed red. But the fact that they're actually twin sisters and the teacher didn't know that, for me, it just takes the cake. More coming up.